I'm SP from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a show about the general Marvel comic universe, part of the Guinea Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other hilarious and fun geeky shows at guineageeknetwork.com. You are listening to PopX Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Captain's Log Supplemental. PopX Cast. Hasta la vista, baby. Hey guys, welcome to Pop X, where science fiction meets pop culture. I'm Austin Burke, the Appalachian geek at heart. We would like to welcome everyone joining us live in the popx.live chat room. Come and hang out with us. Join the conversation at popxcast.com. If this is your first time tuning into Pop X, the first 20 minutes or so, we run down the headlines since our last show, and then we dive deep into the show topic at the halfway point. Stick around, geeky goodness is coming your way, but first I want to introduce... The man, the myth, the legend, as always, Joseph Burke. How you doing, pal? Hello. 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 Sir. Hello. Where, where's the camera? At? Oh, Where? there you are. Hey, hey guys. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> oh my god. What's up, man? How you doing? Oh buddy? man, I tell you what, dude. This is episode ninety-nine, guys. Epic this episode, is dude. it. Just is insane. It blows my mind knowing that we started in twenty sixteen, and here we are at episode ninety nine, twenty nineteen, getting ready to pass one hundred. This is so cool. Lindsay said it best at the beginning of the show. This is the last episode of double digits. It is the last Ooh, two. Think about digit that. This is three it. digits from here on out. Perhaps. Yes, the trifecta. Indeed. Yeah. So I'm your host, Joseph Burke, Central Florida's seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast. Now be sure to head over to Google or iTunes after the show and click on that subscribe button, catch up on some amazing shows from the PopX archive. And while you're there, we'd certainly appreciate you showing us some love by leaving us a five-star rating and review. Number five. Number five. Yes, he's good. And I am Lindsay Badger, your favorite geeky okey, as you guys already know. Um, (laughs) If you've never watched an episode, I guess you wouldn't already know. If you've missed... (laughs) The episode from last week, episode 98, was epic. Mm. We threw down everything that we could possibly throw down about Spider-Man Far From Home. It was web-slinging goodness for well over an hour. Yes. It was so much fun dissecting that movie with It was guys. pretty rad. It really, really was. And for all of our other great past shows from the PopX Collective Archive of Geeky Goodness. Make sure you head over to popxcast.com. That is our official website for all things PopXCast. Wow. You know what? Look at this. The quad team of PopX is here. This here is the second tonight. week in a row. We've had all four. Yes. I feel complete. This, this, My this soul is, is awesome. Happy we got right Mike now. here. We got Austin, Lindsay, myself. This is so cool, guys. And you know what? Before we get things kicked off this week, before we even go any further... There's some really big news before we go into the geek headlines and we talk about some Comic-Con stuff. There's some big news that we got to drop right off the top of the bat. And if you look in our notes, Team PopX, there's one at the top that says HBAB. Do you know what HBAB means? I didn't even realize that was there until just That now. means, what does it mean, Lindsay? Lindsay's got her hand rose. <laughs> Happy birthday, 
Austin Burke. I think Daddy. as a collective, we need to just stop since today is his birthday. Is, it is, is actually is the today of the day of your conceiving? It is. Well, actually, well, we're, we're really close to it right now. It's about, it was about 11 something. So. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, wow. my goodness. 24, wow. right? Yes. 24, 24 years of, 24. of awesome goofiness. So, so how do we do this as a pop act? Because we've never done. Let's just do it. One, two, three. Happy birthday Happy to you. Birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy, Happy birthday, dear Austin. Happy Sweet. birthday to you. Birthday. Birthday. Thank you. Thank you guys. This fell on episode 99, which, you know, 100, that's the big mark, but 99 is kind of marking the end of an era before kind of phase two of Pop-X Cat. Oh, phase you think about it. We're, so, we're going oh. into phase two? I think we are. Arrow. Yeah. I like, Arrow. The, I like it the way I th- you thinketh, Thoreth. You like that? Yes. That's pretty awesome. Well, guys, you know what? We got some real, we got a lot of news to cover. We got a lot of ground, so we're not going to go any further. We'll stay right there. We got some geek headlines coming up your way. Actually, it's technically not geek headlines, but it's going to be a lot of San Diego Comic Con headlines. But nonetheless, yeah, so stay much. right there, and we'll be right back. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is Pop X News, coming to you live, right here on popxcast.com. All right, well, I get the honors of leading out this one. This is going to be pretty rad, guys. Endgame, Avengers Endgame, has officially, officially toppled (laughs) Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar, um, coming in at uh, just over two point seven eight seven nine billion dollars, it was it or something like that, Austin. Yeah, some yeah, kind of crazy number. But yeah. it, how long did it take it though? So, uh, so Avengers Endgame was in the theaters and uh, April the twenty sixth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, dude. So, and here's what's crazy to me: Avatar was in the theaters way longer. Than mm-hmm. Endgame, it, it probably has about three months on it at this point, just because of, of the date that it came out. It came out in December, so mm-hmm. didn't have any competition until mm-hmm. that right like, June, July. So it got to stay in all the way through the end of summer, and Endgame did it within you know May, June, July, three months. Half that is time. So, wow, so impressive, and we all knew it was coming. If they got that extra bump, which they needed, and they got it, Kevin Feige made sure he passed Avatar. Mm-hmm. What an accomplishment, man! It, it, this is massive. Never we incredible. Probably never see this again in our lifetimes. I think I you. Think. I think you hit the nail on the head. We will probably never see a feat like this ever again. And no. for one film to come out in in the middle of a summer, leading off a summer spree of films, mind yeah. you, and we're not even talking like a a what you would call in the industry like a a lull period or a lull season this is right in the hype of everything else coming out right in the middle of spider-man far from home coming out and here we have avenger endgame still being able to keep its own and they did do some re-releases they did some uh, special scenes in the stan lee homage which is going to be really fantastic i never i didn't get a chance to go back to the theater and watch the added footage just been very busy so I'm just kind of going to save that for when it comes out on Blu-ray release on August the 30th and just kind of watch it there at the I house. Didn't, I so. didn't watch it either. From what I heard, it was mostly just kind of leading into Spider-Man, almost like they added a trailer into the movie. Right. So I don't think there was a lot right. anyone missed there if you didn't get a chance to see it. I think you're right. I think there wasn't there wasn't a lot lot there, so I think it's mm-hmm. pretty good. It looks like we got Mike in here. What's up, Mike? 
Hey, Mike. What's going on, Mike? Yeah, I just wanted to, I'm going to chime in on a couple of these as we go through. Sure. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, for the, the end game, I did get to see it, and there really wasn't much. It was like the first minute of Spider-Man. Really? Tribute okay. to Stan Lee, that, and that was about two or three minutes. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, congratulations to Disney for winning and beating out all of the other Disney. Um, Disney is in competition with Disney. Yeah. At this Pretty point. much, for the most part. <laughs> Um, by the way, once Spider-Man hits a billion, which it's about thirty million away from doing right now, um, you want to know the three movies that will have a billion dollars this year? What's that? Captain Marvel, Avengers: Endgame, Spider-Man: Far From Home. All three movies in the MCU are the only three movies until Lion King gets gets there to hit a billion dollars, and that's another Disney movie. So Disney is um, <clears throat> they're making a lot of money. Wow. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And even with the combination now of Fox, 20th Century Fox, and just everything there, and those properties, yep. I it, it, like I said earlier, Disney's in competition with Disney now. Yeah. Now they like, get that Avatar two money. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Wow. So the House of Mouse is very happy this that's, year. That's that's right. Unreal. That's right. So, so Mike, what is up with the Orville this week? Uh, what's going on with with Orville uh, on Hulu? Did the uh, Orville get renewed finally? Yes, uh, according to Seth MacFarlane, he was at the uh, he was at San Diego Comic Con, and during the panel, he had announced that there was going to be a season three of the Orville, mm -hmm. uh, but it was moving to Hulu, mm. uh, which was kind of unusual, which a bit of a surprise because, um, you know, they were talking about it was looked like it was definitely going to be a, be renewed. The numbers were up there, right? And then all of a sudden, to end up on Hulu, something. Something's just not sitting right. Interesting. And um, I'm thinking there was kind of another show that Seth MacFarlane is currently working on on Showtime called The Loudest Voice, and it was about um, you know the uh, the rise of Fox News. Oh. And, um, I for the life oh, wow. of me, I I just started watching the show. And I can't remember the main character, and it's kind of a shot at Fox and Fox News. Oh. So I'm wondering if that had something to do with it, where they're moving moving him off of Fox. Well, wasn't there a certain discrepancy recently with, with Fox, like where Fox, uh, Seth MacFarlane had to be asked not to do anything else particular in this in this certain genre? He was actually commanded, don't do anything else in this, and he had to he had to agree to it. I was reading something on the internet where that, because, I mean, there's so many offenses that they drop out on Family Guy in every episode. I mean, there is no minority, there is no... No. It doesn't matter, uh, and so no filter, no filter whatsoever. So, no. he was asked yeah. to make no more uh, LGBTQ jokes towards. Oh, okay. Those. And so he got upset because he's like, I, I don't just joke about this group of people; I joke about everybody. everybody. So yeah. Me yeah. not joking about one it's group, equal. kind of. Exactly, it's kind yeah. of. It shows favoritism to one over the other. Yeah. And, well, exactly. So I've always seen the Orville as not a Hulu show, but Hulu markets the Orville big time right now right so the yeah. fact that it's coming to hulu is just kind of only adding to hulu but yeah the fox thing is this interesting yeah and sure. i guess arriving on hulu in this october will be the new mutants yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure this year? Maybe. <laughs> oh man that's so funny so orville season three is coming 2020 look for more seth mcfarlane greatness on hulu and uh, as he makes a transition over from uh, was it cbs um uh, is that what it's yeah, yeah i believe it was all access on all CBS, access cbs it? yeah something like that all right so uh, we got crisis on infinite earth Lindsay badger tell us what's going on in the world of arrowverse all right well um the cw is still 
kicking and cranking it out over there. Um, and they announced this week that the Crisis on Infinite Earth is going to be featuring Brandon Routh as Ooh. reprising his role as Superman. Okay. So uh, mm. he announced that with a good, you know, rip the shirt open and reveal the 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 superman logo but it doesn't it wasn't the regular superman logo that we were used to though okay can you guys elaborate a little bit on what that means um do you so know did you see i i from what i can remember now i didn't look into this news very hardcore but it's the kingdom <laughs> okay. come version of superman yeah. uh, meaning it's a very different version but it had to be a different version that they didn't want to impede on what they already have in that show okay. but it's crisis on infinite earth but the fact that he's it's, dressing up as Superman again, it, yeah, it's, it's he's like the perfect look for for Superman. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited about that. Also, the Crisis on Infinite Earth is going to have an appearance by Mr. Burt Ward as well. So that's a little sprinkle on top of that wow. cake of geekiness. So yeah. uh, the original, yeah, that was a surprise to me when I saw that. That uh, I think they announced that yesterday. And as far as Brandon Routh coming back as Superman, it's he's going to be side side by side with uh, Tyler Hecklin as well. Cool. They'll wow. both be side by side as Superman. But the Burt Ward, they announced that he was going to be in it, but they didn't specify what his role was going to be in it. So we'll it have be, five episodes to figure it out. It would be really cool though if it was like an older version of Robin. And, you know, you see, like, the old suit kind of folded up in a case, and he's kind of passing the t baton in a way. Uh, that would be really interesting, I think. It would be really cool to see that. Um, that would be interesting. That would be really cool, right? Um, but, yeah, uh, so, you know, the Arrowverse is definitely, I'm, unfortunately, I'm a half season behind, and I do need to catch up before all this crisis stuff. But uh, there was, um, so we were talking about Kingdom Come, Superman, Brandon Roth. Is, was it going to be Red Sun? Or was it Kingdom Come? I thought Kingdom Come, and okay. then I think they announced a Red Sun animated movie coming to DC. That's what I was seeing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to be yeah. really interesting. If you never have followed the storyline of DC's Red Sun, um, awesome. it was in. It's very intense. It's a very an adult oriented uh, graphic novel. And yes. it's pretty awesome, but I would love to see that come to Disney Animation. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting as we're talking about a lot of things here with DC. There was a, not a lot of DC at. San Diego Comic Con. Anyway, so we're not going to say much about that. Just <laughs> oh man! Uh, so Austin, what's going on, my friend? What what what, what are we okay, doing so here? Let's move. Let, I like what you're doing. You there, know what I'm doing, baby. From DC to hey, Star Trek had a pretty big presence at Comic Con. Let's talk about the Star Trek Discovery season three announcement. Like what's going on? First of all, have you guys been watching this show? I'm still on season. I've watched season one. one. I haven't watched season two, um, but I'm hearing incredible things. How do you guys feel about that show getting another season? From what I've seen with season one, it was spectacular. Yeah, I, I think the visuals and the, the the sets and the CGI is on point. I think everything is just beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm behind. I've not though. personally seen any, seen any of them, but um, I've I've heard nothing but positive remarks on all all accounts. So um, it's yeah. definitely on my list of things to watch, and I'm glad that they're um, having good enough success viewership wise to continue Same. to get renewed and and moving forward on that. I agree. Yeah, I, I loved I saw our season I saw our episode uh season two the entire season and mm -hmm. Anson Mount is is an amazing Captain Pike. 
Wow. And it's, you know, I don't want to give nothing away if you haven't seen it, but, uh, you know, definitely get a chance, you know, to watch it. It, it is really good. I'm glad it's come back for a third season. And yeah. the comment they made about it was they said, uh, season three will be um, going where no Star Trek show's gone before. So Whoa. that'll prove interesting on uh, how they're going to handle it. It would be really cool if Star Trek explored the multiverse aspect of their whole franchise. Yeah, that, that's getting really deep. Oh, dude. Yeah. Where, where you're merging <laughs> Spock and Picard and, and Kirk and, and Pike and all these former captains and just everything. Deep Space Nine and they're all interwoven. That would be pretty awesome. But yeah, I'm just saying. I agree with you. And, you know, and right in the vein of Star Trek too. I don't know if you guys have known this or if you've been falling off the radar and just completely off the grid. There is a Jean-Luc Picard series coming out, and they did drop the brand-new official trailer, not a teaser, the full-blown trailer at San Diego Comic-Con just a few days ago. And there is a couple of wonderful surprises in the trailer, one of which was uh, Spiner coming back as Data. Uh, so this is going to be awesome, dude. He looks so good. Did you guys get to see the trailer for Picard? I so you know how big of a fan my dad and I are of that show we watched oh together when I was growing up. I've told this story yes, on the show before. Yes. So my dad was sitting here <laughs> on my couch when that trailer dropped no. on this weekend. And I said, Dad, look what just dropped. He didn't know this was going to be a show and he flipped out. We watched that trailer together and he's like, That's my show. That's my show. <laughs> Dude, it was awesome and seeing that little nod at the end with data i've never seen my dad so excited about a tv show it was just like i had chill bumps yeah. oh awesome. my gosh that's adorable oh, awesome. i love awesome. it yeah, yeah and you're immediately catapulted back to 1992 93 you know <laughs> when the star trek the next generation was rocking the tvs oh i mean it was yeah. the biggest show on tv back in the day and uh, i think having Spi it's been I guess it was Star Trek Nemesis was the last time that Spiner reprised the role of Data, right? Uh, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it's been a long time. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm a Trekkie from a long time back, man. I'll tell you what, i got to live long and prosper. So I'm really excited to see Pat Sir Patrick Stewart reprise his role. And, of course, I know it's going to be awesome because it's freaking Sir Patrick Stewart. Enough said. <laughs> so uh, um, a quick side note to that. Uh, less than 12 hours ago, Marina Sirtis uh, was on her um, – uh, I believe it was Instagram or Twitter confirmed that there will be Riker and Troy will return. Oh, so that was just confirmed a couple hours nice. ago, about less than 12 hours ago. Wow. Lieutenant so, Riker returns. What? Are you so kidding me? The beard will be back. <laughs> wow. That's funny. I mean, I've I've seen a couple of the, the Next Generation reruns. I never really got into it to watch like the full storyline. Mm -hmm. I started drinking the Trekkie Kool-Aid in Deep Space Nine in mm, Voyager yeah. on those reruns, you know, yeah, about like, yeah. you know, just past your bedtime. You're not supposed to be up watching it. That's whenever <laughs> I wanted to watch Trekkies. I like sneak it in here and there. That's so cool, though. But, Good um, I like that. But you, it's you, great. But you appreciate the Star Trek oh, franchise. I love it. It's a fantastic yeah. franchise. And the 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 relationships and the deeply woven storylines that you yeah. follow with each character. It's just beautifully written. Yeah. So I couldn't agree. Gene Roddenberry, what a visionary Gene Roddenberry was. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that's fantastic. And uh, so continuing on with the news here, we still got a lot of ground to cover on San Diego comic-con. <laughs> Mike, what's going on with Titans? What's up with them? Oh, there is a little bit, a bit of DC news came out of Comic-Con. A little bit. Um, Titans will be back uh, for season two in September. Right. Okay. Uh, also, they've renewed Doom Patrol for season two. Nice. And Young Justice will be back for season four. Very good. Very so, good. 
That's awesome. Yeah, well, good news coming out uh, of this, considering what they did to Swamp Thing. Uh, we, will, we will wish yeah. DC the best of luck. Do we? Did we <laughs> ever? Right. And you know what though? This is for me extremely exciting because I was getting scared for Doom Patrol. I, I had mm. heard rumors that they were thinking about canceling it, but the fact that we're getting a season two—I mean, this show was awesome. And Young Justice is one of my favorite animated DC shows. So good, good for you. Just uh, try to keep your app afloat. It's not looking good right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Did they, they didn't make any big movie announcements either at all? Nothing. Did they? Nothing. No. Mm, no. Well. Um, there was oh, no right. massive movie announcements. They were, they had some props there from uh, Gotham Sirens, and that was about yeah. it. There was not a lot of meat and potatoes There's from no the DC world. Matt Reeves, Nothing. Matt Reeves got some flack, though. They, uh, oh, he, he got a chance from the crowd, don't screw up our movie. Oh, dang. So that, was, that was a nice way to start the day. Well... I'm sure he went home with a yeah. joyful heart. Well, <laughs> all right. So, so let's stop there for a second before we move on. Mike, you bring up a really good point. Something at some point is going to have to happen at Warner Brothers. Yes. There's going to yeah. have to be a renaissance, if you will, of the DC franchise. And I don't know what that's going to look like because now they're so far invested with, you know, um, Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot and, and all these performers. I don't know, man. I, it, it just... I'm seeing what Marvel is doing and the and their trajectory trajectory of what mm. they're doing over Phase Four, and we're going to get into that here in just a minute. But I'm just like, oh my gosh! And you hear all these like, we don't want a Suicide Squad too. Nobody asked for Gotham City Sirens. The yeah, only no. movie I'm excited for coming out is The Joker, and that's by Martin Scorsese. Yeah. It's the only film that I'm really excited about on their franchise. Shazam was the best movie what of the about year. The, the sparkling Batman. Hey, you watch it. See, I'm pumped for Batman because Matt Reeves because <laughs> Matt Reeves has delivered every time he's come to bat, and Robert Pattinson is the biggest star in Hollywood. Right come to now. bat! I see what you did three there. Massive blockbusters. You like that? Come, you to, just bat? come to bat. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think the Batman's going to be great. I think James Gunn's going to put a lot into Suicide Squad too. I know the first one was yeah. a stinker. But yeah. I blame the studio for that. And James Gunn is not going to sign on if the studio no, is going to be corrupted with the film. He won't do it. No. He just won't. So I, I have faith in the movie. Now, if it lets me down, then I'll be very scared for Guardians 3. Mm. Mm. It's, it's yeah, which well was James not Gunn. announced yeah. on yeah. first leg phase four. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. James Gunn actually came out on Twitter and just announced. He's like, guys, don't worry. Suicide Squad 2 is coming, and then we'll worry about Guardians 3. But it's still on the slate. He wants to focus on one at a time. It won't be a Phase 4 movie. It'll be a Phase 5 movie. So that is interesting. God, that just kills me because I yeah. want more of my yeah. Guardian. Wait, goodness. they're not going to do Guardians in Phase 4? Kevin Feige came out and said every movie officially announced on the slate, except Blade. Blade is Phase 5, not Phase 4. Those are phase four. So the Disney plus, so phase four will be two years. Okay. And then phase five will be, so it'll still be within the okay. next two years we'll get Guardians. Okay. But phase four is only two years because there's so much content packed into, into that span. Wow. Okay. Well, if you think what James Gunn has been through, he signed on to do Suicide Squad and then him yeah. and Disney kind of mm -hmm. patched things up. Yeah. He was already deep into Suicide Squad. So, you know, I mean, for what he's done on Guardians, for him to turn around and just say dump Suicide Squad to run back to Guardians, yes. he doesn't seem like that kind of person. So no. he's right. Put yeah. what no, he that's needs to put into. That's just the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And 
So we're just going to have to wait. And I'm sure he'll do a good job like he's done for the last two. I agree. Yeah. This whole, the whole DC universe is just, it's just tiring already. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it just, it just one, one disaster after another. And they just don't care. They just say, oh, here, here's your movie. Watch it. You don't yeah. like it yeah. too bad. You need something else. Well, they, Fair you enough. know, they should have taken a note out of Kevin Feige's book and started this a long time ago and had a plan and phases and, and, releasing and, and maybe we would have had Superman going up against dark side at this point, but you know oh, what? We didn't get well, to see that. So if uh, suicide squad two, it um, has a good enough story. Cause mm-hmm. you know, it's not all going to be James Gunn's fault if it flops, <laughs> you know, um, I hope that uh, with his magical touch of artistry, mm-hmm. swirling that magical potion together with a good script, maybe that will spark a positive I, direction. I believe he is co-writing the script, so I think he has a big hand in that. That's okay. nice. Yes. yes. So that, that gives me a lot nice. of hope for the future. Well, absolutely. Moving on here, I want to make sure we have enough room for the yeah. for the big topic here. I'll I'll, I'll cover a couple of these uh, stories right quick. Family Guy. Back to Family Guy. There is mm-hmm. news that Family Guy is getting a cinematic film release. So um, so this is coming out of Fox. I don't know if it's going to be. Is it going to be animated? It's, it has to be animated, right? It's about time because when mm-hmm. the Simpsons movie came out, everybody was asking about Family Guy, and he said he's been working on it, but he wasn't going to release it until he had the right film. It looks like he has it. That's really? Yeah. Okay. It was it was announced as part of um, the Orville during okay. the panel. He made both announcements. Okay. Awesome. And uh, it's, I'm it's coming. I'm surprised they didn't try to make Family Guy live action like every other movie. And as well, <laughs> um, Rick and Morty season <laughs> four is coming this November. <laughs> so November, Rick and Morty will be coming uh, season four. So fans of Rick and Morty can definitely be looking out for that as well. Nice. Rick and Morty is the best animated show on TV in the last 20 years. Book I it agree. Right now. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes. Yeah, that's what I heard. And so uh, let's do it. Are you ready for the Marvel Phase 4 discussion, guys? Give me a spoon. Let's dig in. I hope you guys are ready because we're going to be diving in here pretty deep on this. And then we're going to be getting right into Stranger Things. So don't go nowhere. We're still going to be talking about Stranger Things, okay? So as you see on your screen right now, we have this beautiful graphic uh, that is uh, just going to be kind of showcasing timeline-wise what's going to be coming out. And uh, we know that uh, Black Widow has been in film production for some time at this point and is uh, pretty soon going to be wrapping up uh, in post as we near that uh, the, the near the holiday season of this year. There's probably going to be some reshoots and stuff, but we're slotted for a uh, May the 1st, 2020 release on Black Widow. And um, so are you excited to see Black Widow and the Taskmaster uh, kind of go at it? Um, is, is that Jostin or what do you think about Taskmaster coming in? I think it's a wonderful choice for a villain. I mean, you know from the comics that he is a very formidable formidable opponent, not just for Black Widow, but for the actual Avengers. So he's going to come in and cause damage. I'm really excited from the cast because Florence Pugh, who's having the year of her life right now with Midsummer and fighting with my family, and then David Harbour from Stranger Things, not to mention Rachel Weisz, who just won the Academy Award last year for Best Mm -hmm. Supporting Actress. So, uh, yeah, you have just... Probably one of the best casts Marvel's done in a long time. So I'm right. pumped. And, I really and Austin, I was watching your feed. You said something about um, Budapest. Uh, yes. So they did announce officially that this would take place after Civil War and Budapest. They would return to Budapest and explore the story that Hawkeye and Black Widow has always been talking oh, about. Oh, okay. So it's they're going back to Budapest. Going it's not the Budapest. actual. Ex- okay. 
Yes, nice. but I think they're going to do flashback scenes as well. So I, I, I can't wait cool. to see that. I'm yeah. glad they're finally going to. Yes, please. Put that one to bed. So yeah. if, it's been long if, coming. If you're looking at the graphic right now, um, you'll notice that there's um, one, two, three, four, five icons on the on the slot that is going to be launching this November on Disney Plus. Now the first one is coming out, and it's going to be uh, fall of uh, 2020, I do believe, and that's going to be the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now that's going to be. Uh, pretty rad because it's going to be picking up the pieces after Steve Rogers comes back as his yeah. former self. Spoiler alert, sorry. Yeah. But uh, as he comes back as older Steve Rogers, and so it's going to be exploring the mantle of Falcon uh, being having Cap Shield. What's going to happen yeah. there? And how is Winter Soldier and Bucky how, what's going to happen? And if you've read the comics at any point, there the, one of the story arcs that Steve Rogers was bowed out, he was missing in the MCU for quite some time, and this is an 80s story arc, if I do believe. And Winter Soldier actually uh, rose up to the occasion and was was mantling the shield as well. And yeah. there was a really great relationship between Falcon and Winter Soldier. It was a really good dynamic, almost like a Batman and Robin type thing, where they were yes. just working wonderfully off of each other. And I'm really excited to see that one. And, and if you look around on this graphic here, we also have WandaVision, and that's going to be uh, you know um, Wanda Maximoff and the Vision, which is raising questions. Is this going to be a previous storyline, or are they going to be in some way resurrecting Paul Bettany's Vision for yeah. a next phase continuum? Uh, are they going to figure out how to power his body without the Power Stone? Are they going to figure that out? So it's going to be really interesting to see that. Loki, Hawkeye, and What If. Now, What If, I want to spend a minute here. That if you, one I'm curious about. All right, so if yeah. you've ever read any of the Marvel comics in the late 70s, early 80s, and in through to the 90s, there was a series that uh, Steve Kirby and uh, Jack Kirby and, and uh, Stan Lee created together, which was called the What If series. And it, would be, it, was, it was kind of like scenarios... In the, the famous battle between Hulk and Wolverine, when it was kind of a draw and they just kind of went their own way, what would have happened if Wolverine had killed Hulk? Mm-hmm. All right, what would have happened if Spider-Man, Peter Parker, had married Gwen Stacy and not MJ? Yeah. What would have ah. happened? What would have happened if the Fantastic Four had died and never existed? What would have happened if there was no mutants in the MCU? And so it's these kinds of questions and scenarios that's got them thinking, what would have happened if Deadpool was actually killed off? Yeah. Dude, I'm digging it. So, I'm digging and it. here's what they're going to be doing is they're going to be doing this in an animated uh, format. And it's going to be, uh, is it PG-13? Are they going with the PG-13? Or are they going yes, to, yeah, going uh, it's going to be an adult. So they're kind of taking off the Warner Brothers aspect of this with some of Warner Brothers' uh, DC archive films. Uh, animated shorts, of, of course, is what we're talking about. Uh, so they're going to be doing that, and they're going to be telling these stories in an animated version, and it's going to be really cool. And I'm excited to see this. I'm excited to see if any of the What If comics I have in my own archive in the yeah. in the Comic Man Cave, if they're going to be doing any of these. And it's really cool. Oh, so That'll be great. And they have yeah. a lot the of material. The about that is that uh, all the actors from basically all the last 22 films are coming back to lend their voice to do all the animated characters. I'm really looking forward to this. Out of this entire schedule, that's the one that kind of caught my eye was, yeah. the, was the What If series right away, and I really want to see that. There's so much potential there, Mike. I mean, uh, you know, you yeah. think about some of these famous battles and duos. What would have happened if Thanos won? There was a yeah. What If comic. If What If, what would have happened if he won? Mm-hmm. 
And yep. it went through the whole thing of him him courting death herself. Yep. It was really cool. crazy. Wow. The coolest thing about this, though, for me is, is one, the actors coming back is awesome. <laughs> then you have Jeffrey Wright from Westworld and uh, Hunger Games fame is playing the Watcher, and he will be narrating the entire show. Wait, uh, wait, 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 what? There's going to be a Watcher. The oh Watcher has been cast as Jeffrey Wright, who is a magnificent actor, I, and he is narrating yes. every single episode of the show. In the in words like, of Johnny Carson, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And and it, I, I feel like all of these shows, there's just little nuggets like, for the Loki show, it's the Loki from Endgame that disappeared in 2012. It's for the, the Avengers show, it's one Kate Loki. Bishop has yep. been has been confirmed for WandaVision. Apparently, it ties straight into Doctor Strange too. Don't know how, but it does. And then for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Baron Zemo is returning with his costume. Wait, whoa, Falcon. whoa, back up. What, who's Baron Zemo is returning in which one? He is returning for Falcon and the Winter Soldier as the main villain and will appear in every episode. He's going to be in his purple outfit? In his purple outfit. They show concept art of his mask. Oh, my God. I'll be right back. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Excuse me, everybody. Excuse me, everybody. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God, dude. They are really pulling out. Well, let's let's back up for a minute. So now that's a little bit of the Disney Plus. Now, Disney Plus launches November of this year. And right off the bat, you're going to be getting Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, and Spider-Man Far From Home as part of the streaming platform, among a plethora of other Marvel films. But let's back up to November 2020, Eternals. Now, this movie has been getting a lot of hype because of just oh the gosh. connotation in the which it's... Alone the cast alone The cast alone is insane. Lindsay, read the cast list if you got it pulled up right I quick. I do not have it available, but I can bring it up if you Go ahead, Austin. I have it. Okay. Um, oh, of course, so Austin. An <laughs> Angelina Jolie uh, wow. is playing Thana. Richard Madden is Icarus. Kumel Nanjiani is Kingo. Lauren Ridloff, who I'm not very familiar with, is Makari. Brian T. Henry from Into the Spider-Verse, he was the dad, is playing uh, Fastos. Salma Hayek is playing Ajax. Salma Don Hayek. Lee is Gilgamesh. And little Leah McHugh, a young girl, is playing the young little superhero Sprite. The standout for me is Richard Madden from Game of Thrones, who I wanted to be Batman at one point. Angelina Jolie, magnificent actress. And Kumail yes. Nanjiani, a pure comedian, is playing this crazy sword-wielding samurai basically this cast is insane <laughs> wow it's, and it's well insane. here's if you don't know anything about the eternals let me let me break it down for you if you if you listen to the names austin was just listing off like icarus and gilgamesh why do those sound familiar well it's greek lore it's actually yeah. greek gods and, and greek folklore so guess what uh thor is what he's a god yes. so they're going to yeah. be they're going to be talking about predating asgard here they're going to go back, and Eternals is going to be opening up the floodgates and the doors for not only the, the cosmic beings, the celestials that we come to know as Ego, the living planet, Nowhere, mm. Galactus, mm -hmm. you know, some of the big heavy hitters that are celestials. celestials. So we may be seeing some big-time stuff in the movie Eternals. So it's going to be really awesome, and, and I'm sure they're, they're doing this for a reason. They're setting up they're, – they're telling this backstory – to probably be able to set up something that's going to be happening in the future. If it yes. was my guess, if it was my guess, it would be Galactus. Because why would you talk about Eternals and a celestial plot line if you're not going to be setting up or teasing a big bad that's going to be seen? What do we do with Thanos? We saw him years ago. Yep. Years yep. ago. 
and it took him what six years to come on the screen and actually fight with the Avengers. Yeah. So mm-hmm. think about what Kevin Feige, if you can jump into the brain of Kevin Feige here for a minute, you can see what's going on here with WandaVision, Eternals, Shang-Chi. I mean, they're going to be as Shang-Chi, the legend of the Ten Rings. Why, why does that, what does that even mean? Why do I need to care about that? Well, hello, yeah. if you've been watching Iron like Man Fu 1. Panda, but real life? No, listen, <laughs> if you've been watching Iron Man 1, Iron Man, Tony Stark, was captured in a cave by who? Mm-hmm. The villains of the Ten Rings. Yes. And guess what happened in Iron Man 3? The villains of the Ten Rings, the Mandarin. All right, so mm-hmm. that was a fake Mandarin, but in Shang-Chi, he's going to be fighting the real Mandarin. The legit oh, Mandarin. Yeah. So Who this is going is. to be awesome. And so there's a little hit of that. Now, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Let's talk about this one for a minute. This is Marvel's first ever film that's going to be decked as a horror film. The villain is going to be called Nightmare. And it's going to be taking place. It's going to be. It's going to be a mind-bending horror that's going to leave you on the edge of your seat. It's going to be very scary. There's going to be some scary scenes, and I think it may be even a little bit more higher than a rating that it has been. Joe, do you know how content. torn I am right now because Doctor Strange is my favorite Avenger, other than Groot, but he's a Guardian. It doesn't count. So, Doctor Strange is like my favorite favorite of all of the MCU Avenger crew. Okay, but why are you torn? And then you're going to slap him in a horror genre which you know i love so much right mm-hmm. ha- slash sarcasm highlighted with sarcasm yeah, she didn't like- i hate horror so i hope it's like stranger things level horror because i can well i will be the first to tell you Lindsay badger dr strange originally was slated as a horror comic yeah well you yeah. know what so I know you I like your mind-bending spells, just so I can watch it. but they're going back. Yeah, you, what you need to do, what I would do is I, if you out. have some medical <laughs> cannabis handy or something, <laughs> I'm just joking with you. No, make some brownies and get real jacked up. That way the scenes don't affect you that much. Were, what? I'm just going to just have a Red Bull. Yeah. Oh, don't do that. You might have to no. go to the bathroom and that might not be pretty. And then anyway. They're small keep, cans. It's okay. <laughs> 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 Lindsay Badger, you are funny. All right, so moving I on. I want to say really quick. I, hang on. I want yeah. to say before we move on, <laughs> Doctor Strange, the fact that Scarlet Witch is in this movie confirmed as a co-lead with Doctor Strange is incredible. And two, Scott Derrickson, who has not only dipped his toe in horror, he directed Sinister and multiple other horror films. So we knew yes. this was coming at one point. This is the first official horror film in the Marvel franchise, but it's also the first official movie tackling the multi. Mm. Yes. Could this open up the door for the Fantastic Four and the X-Men? You didn't say it. I was going to. Yes. Well, it's it's kind of weird that, you know, Spider-Man kind of teased the multiverse, and now, two years later, we're getting the multiverse. We're getting it. So let's let's fast forward up to November the 5th, 2021, with Thor 4, Love and Thunder. Now, this was the big news, the big finale. Taika Waititi is coming back. The director and visual artist who literally dazzled us in Ragnarok is coming back to... And look at the logo, dude. Look at the logo. (laughs) Oh, we're going to get there. So, Austin Burke, do you want to tell them who's coming back? Who's the heavy hitter for this movie? Yeah, so the big incredible (laughs) announcement was Natalie Portman, who apparently didn't want anything to do with the Marvel movies. That was all... Bull crap. She's, she's back. a great actress, aren't she? She's we all bought it. Actress, but we she's not only it. back. She's back as female Thor. She's female playing Thor. Oh, one yeah. of the marquee roles in this movie. This is massive news, guys. And the comic that this is based on, I've only read one or two issues of it just to just to see what it is. And 
I have <laughs> I have Thor one, the female Thor, the ultimate Thor. Okay. I have it. Isn't it great? It, it is great. a fantastic read. It is great, yes. and I will tell you this: Natalie Portman will yield and wield Mjolnir, and she yes. will actually hold up the hammer, and she will do the whole thing. And I'm, from what I'm understanding, is uh, isn't Thor going to be? It was something when Stormbreaker was created, the divide of the mantle of Thor was split, right? So yes. when 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 the hammer was originally broke by Hela, that created a kind of the rift and and the fallout. And so Thor is still named Thor, but he's not yes. going to be the mantle of Thor, if that makes sense. Okay. Yes. Yes. Exactly right. So okay. this, this logo kind of looks Flash Gordon-ish. I don't know, oh, I but I love it. I it's, love oh, that I logo. Love it. I it's, love it. I mean, it's probably one of my favorite logos on the entire. Well, except for Falcon and Winter Soldier, that one's pretty rocket yeah. too. But um, there's some other ones I questioned, but that one really stood out to me, graphic design wise. Where we can go er, nerdy art for an hour. I'm not going to dive yeah. any farther it's down a beautiful, that. But I just had to point out how epically cool. Oh my God. It's a beautiful yeah. logo. <laughs> now, if I was creating a logo, I would definitely, you know, like, wow, there's some elements there, like you know, the orange and the blue. I'm like, yeah, I like that. That's a nice color yeah, scheme. I dig that. So, um, with all of that said here we're going to get there so is there anything else on the phase four that we've missed oh we didn't talk about fantastic four and x-men did we and blade and blade <laughs> we talked about the rest of it wait where's blade so have, on here sorry guys we well, did an hour of news <laughs> well blade well blade is not actually a phase four movie officially no. but okay. we did get the casting and that's the big talk that is the big and, and if you were a fan of luke cage on netflix <laughs> You are gonna love what is Austin. I'm gonna give you the honors again, dude. Yeah, drop so, it for uh, us. Former Luke Cage star and two-time Academy Award winner, <laughs> Mahershala Ali. So Kevin Feige oh. came out and said, "We did not approach him. He, he came to us, us and pitched Blade. He is the perfect Blade." The, Mahershala Ali comes perfect. up to you and pitches anything. You accept it. He is. He is the best. This is the best casting I've seen in in five. This. Is, Phenomenal. Yeah. You can't get better than this guy. And, you, you know, for the record, Wesley Snipes himself has went on the record and said he is very open to come back and reprise his role. So I, it would be really neat to, if there was some way that they could include the multiverse like of that. Like pass the mantle mm -hmm. of some and sort? Or exactly. Like passing a mantle or, you know, or just creating a brand new franchise. You know, I mean, yeah, I would, I listen, I love Wesley Snipes' Blade, but if we're going talent, Mahershala Ali Mahershala can Ali. around as a basketball. I mean, it's it's not even close. Yeah, I mean, if, <laughs> just watch season one of Luke Cage and just enjoy the dude's oh, performance. He's it's amazing. Such a good bad guy. I'm sure he's going to be even better good guy. I mean, really. Oh, he's going to be awesome. And then other news too. Uh, Kevin Feige was asked from the stage, "Hey, what about Fantastic Four and X Men?" He said, hang on, guys, give me a couple of years. We've got it coming. And so yes. with what I just said about Eternals and all of this coming out, and they're introducing these movies for a reason, they're setting up yeah. something, we can kind of read through the lines. And, you know, I don't know if you knew this or not, but a Nightmare in the Multiverse of Madness and Doctor Strange 2 is actually, he's kind of a little bit of a, I want to say a cosmic devil in a way. Yeah. And he's very yeah. evil, and he may be actually stemming some from some of that like crazy eternal lineage as well. Yeah. We don't know this extent of what's going to happen, but we know this is going to be like really crazy when it is starts. Is this the first comments that Feige has confirmed of? Officially, yes. Officially first, of first the uh, Fantastic first Four and uh, yep. X-Men and all. And, and he said mutants. He didn't specifically say X-Men. Well, mutants yeah. is X-Men. But he's he's like... I think the reason, though, he, he, he reluctant to say anything about it because 
you, these are two heavy hitter franchises. Yeah. You're talking about yeah. the first family of Marvel. 1962 is when Jack Kirby and Stanley launched Fantastic Four, issue number one. Mm-hmm. And so this was the first endeavor after Timely Comics was switched over to Marvel Comics that they actually created something fresh. So that's mm-hmm. a property you want to handle with some yeah. some TLC and some love. Also, yeah. too, with the X-Men, 1968-69, uh, again, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee uh, yeah. created, I mean, and we, Fox has done an amazing job with the franchise. Yes, there's some stinkers, but overall, it's left us feeling satisfied. You know, we, we got to see uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and we got to yes. see Sir Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen as Magneto, and as, as that's a really good casting call and i think fox mm-hmm. did really well again that's another property that you have to gradually kind of you, you got to plan it out you just can't rush it just because you own the character rights literally eight months ago you just can't rush in with scripts and do that warner yeah. brothers would probably <laughs> i'm telling you warner <laughs> brothers would they would but i don't know but that's just me so uh, here's what I think. I D23 is is a couple of months down the road, and we know that they kind of entered this Comic Con last second. They weren't even going to do this two months ago. Mm-hmm. I think D23 is going to have a Captain Marvel two, a Black Panther two, a Guardians three, Blade, a Fantastic Four, and some sort of X Men announcement officially during that event because that's their bread and butter. So I and, and giving it time, like you said, Joe. I think that's the perfect way to do it. I think it is. And we're going to round out the uh, the Comic-Con news here. I'll go ahead and wrap us up here right quick. I don't want to do it right quick, but we want to make sure we have some time for Stranger Things because I know that oh my uh, gosh, yes. me and Lindsay and Austin, Mike, we all we all four got a lot going on here. So Mattel is bringing back the He-Man toy line, and in next year we're going to be having Masters of the Universe reprising the role back on the big screen and in wake of uh this amazing resurgence of he-man and masters of the universe mattel is going to be bringing back that original 1982 83 toy line but now they're keeping the aesthetics of the of the figures intact but they're doing articulation where you can move the wrists the elbows and all that stuff so you can pose i love how they've updated all the dolls they do that with the barbie line too and it is so much easier to play with right and so i'm excited for that i may i don't now here's the thing i have children (laughs) anyway (laughs) preface (laughs) um but in 2004 when mattel attempted the relaunch of masters of the universe there was a there was a relaunch in 2004 i collected that entire toy line and so I may not collect the new one, but I will dang near collect He-Man and Skeletor and Man-at-Arms and probably a couple of the ones that I really used to play with. Trapjaw was another one that, that I really, Beast Man and Faker and all of those So just a ones. couple, not the whole line? Okay, I'm getting ready to Whiplash and Fisto <laughs> and Jitsu and anyway. But uh, last but not least, uh, coming out of uh, Comic-Con, the 80s resurgence continues. We have Top Gun Maverick with Tom Cruise. Did you guys see that trailer? Lindsay, Austin, Mike, anybody? I watched it like four times in yeah. a row. Dude, yeah. the music, that bell. I, I was very hesitant. I, I didn't want this movie at all. And then you see that Tom Cruise actually learns how to fly the plane. The man is flying the plane mm-hmm. in the... just. Take my money. The studio went on the record to say that that is actually Tom Cruise behind the cockpit of the plane 
flying it. That is not CGI green screen. That is. He learned. He learned it real good, didn't he? Oh my God. (laughs) He learned it real good. The dude is insane. The dude is insane. I, I, I just it just blows my mind how he's able uh, to do die. that. <laughs> now, I, we, I had made this comment a little in pre-show a little bit. I was like, the cinematography is going to be gorgeous because that's gorgeous. what the majority yeah. of the trailer was. I said, I pray that the storyline is just as good because there's only like three sentences or less in the entire trailer. That's the key. That's not good. So if there's no story... Yep. It's going to be crap, even though it's pretty. You might as well just mute it and watch the prettiness because I that's think, about all it's going to be I worth. think there's something deep down inside of me, though. I will go to the run to the theater and love, watch it anyway because it. it's Tom Cruise and it's Top Gun. And <laughs> I don't care. Just here's where's my credit card. Take it now. So. Oh, I'll, I'll be watching this in the theater even if it's like a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. And uh, but, um, lastly, on the, on, the, on the docket, and I didn't mean to cut you short there, Lindsay, I just want to make it. sure, is, is it, it Chapter 2, the trailer drop for, for that, this coming out this September, is it? Uh, this September, this October? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, right in time for Hall- Halloween. And let me tell you something, guys. You might want to put your big boy pants on and maybe some kind of like uh, underoos or something because you're going to crap yourself when you see the film. The trailer is if, – if, if the movie is any bit creepier than the trailer that we saw, I was there was moments in terror and horror film that I have never seen before in the trailer. Horrifying. It horrifying. is completely horrifying. Nope, that's a bunch of and nope Steven, sauce. You can just Steven, roll out a barrel of nope sauce for this square. <laughs> roll it out. Nope. Roll it out. But <laughs> Stephen King went on the record to say this was the vision that he had when he wrote the book all along. Wow. Wow. That, yes. that right there is a fantastic, fantastic There's, it, right You there. can go back and look in his tweets. I think he said oh it God. this past week in light of San Diego Comic-Con coming out. If the author of the book who created the universe of it is 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 feeling that and i'm just like okay he's on and i want to say right quick before we move on and this is really this is on the top of my head but halloween horror nights has announced officially if you are in orlando or hollywood or singapore you not only get to see stranger things season 1 and season 2 houses and walk through them and dive into the cool. underground upside down yourself cool they've also announced for the first time in over 25 years, the guys with the photon packs are coming back. Ghostbusters <laughs> is coming to Halloween Horror Nights Orlando. Nice. So you get to That's see Ecto-1. Cool. You get to see Ecto-1, Slimer, all of that at Halloween Horror Nights. Austin, you need to get your ticket and get your butt back down here. We need to go to Halloween Horror Nights, bro. Please tell me they have the Marshmallow Man. Please yes, tell me they have. The they have already said that every every big character is going to be presented in the in the term. All right, stay puffed, All right. my friend. So stay that puffed. is fifty wow. minutes of just San Diego Comic Con. Now you guys are hopefully you're 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 setting down because we're going to now go into Stranger Things conversation. Give us about another fifteen twenty minutes as we unpack this. Stranger Things season three. All right, so let me go ahead and roll that spoiler alert warning. After this, we will be right back. To enter a Pahahapex spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is no return. You have been warned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have been warned. We are going to be going into the upside down and all things Eleven and Ego Waffles. Oh my God! Mm. My God, I'm so excited about this season. Thank you. 
probably the best cinematic, glorified, retro, nostalgia walk back my childhood I've ever seen in my freaking life. Oh my God, <laughs> let me end the I show right now. I could not watch God, this fast so enough. Yeah. <sighs> I was craving more afterwards too. I was like, I could not stop watching this. My husband and I are both uber fans of this show. I know. And we finished it in a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Well, me and Alex actually binged it in, in, in four days. We did two, two, and two, and two. And we got we got it done, and I'm telling you, it was just, oh, my gosh. Well, we, we immediately pick up after season two when Elle comes back from Chicago, and, you know, the, the, the little Mimi Demogorgons are dart and all of them. They're, they're out and about, and, and the, the hole has to be closed at the facility there in Hawkins. And she comes back and she closes it, and that's the finality of season two. And then we get a little teaser on the horizon of the Mind Flayer coming in, which is dropping in for season three. Now, season three opens up, and we have the Mind Flayer in physical form throughout all of season three and let me just say the cgi alone was it's like you're watching a marvel movie dude i'm telling you and there are so many moments in here and i want each of us to have like maybe five minutes and go through it and tell us about our so we're going to do a little round table discussion i want each of us to have our own little thoughts on it i'll finish up We'll come back. We'll rate the se- and then we'll rate the series, and then we'll talk about some of the retro things that we spotted that are callbacks or homages or Easter eggs to pop culture. And I want to start the top with Lindsay Badger. So we're going to do okay. about let's do about three to five minutes if you can, and that way we'll we'll talk about it. But all right. So what is Stranger Things? What did you think? How did you feel? Yeah. Give us all the rundown, Lindsay Badger. Yeah. Oh my gosh, um, this. Is like a ho- this should be like a holiday, <laughs> even though it came out on a holiday, it should still be like its own holiday. Like Stranger Things should get its own holiday because it it's is epic. so well done, mm-hmm. and there's I mean it's the perfect timing for it. I know it's round three, but it's like the perfect timing for this show to happen because everybody is so deeply interested in popularizing all of the old stuff. Yeah, so it's nostalgia, every nook and cranny is seeping mm. with references from the late 80s, early 90s, all of the things that you remember from your childhood if you are in the range of 30 to 40 years old, it's for you. <laughs> it's all for you. You will love every second of it. Your brain will explode by the end of the season. You have so much of your childhood slapping you in the face every time you watch this show. <laughs> it's so good. Um, not only do you fall in love with your characters that you missed um, for the whole year all over again, um, they are now older. They are approaching their teen years. They're diving into puberty. Um, Eleven has started becoming more more of a um, normalized person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's a lot more boisterous in this uh, season, so she has a lot more um, speaking roles, and it's not just half-broken speech like um, the previous seasons were. So that was nice to see a little bit more of her personality develop. Mm -hmm. Uh, It shows teens struggling with um, dealing with relationships for the first time and how you deal with that. And there was a lot of feminine tropes in there, Mm -hmm. but they they did it in a really good way. Mm -hmm. 
the, a lot about the the women in the workplace and the expectations of women in the home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of those were touched on, but they did it really, really well. Um, what else? God, there's just so much stuff. And I don't, I know we want to save some of like the Easter eggs for all of the, yeah. the references in there, but I have to talk about the never ending story. Oh, <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. I have to have this one because it not only is like, it is a cultural phenomenon again, after this show is released, everybody mm. has been like blasting never ending story. Even the beginning of our show had never ending story in it. <laughs> That is my number one kids, like, when you go, okay, here's, here's, a, here's a retro story. Sorry, I'm, like, all over the place. No, no, now. no, you're allowed, though. Uh, this, is, this is good. Childhood memory, going with my dad wow. to the movie rental store. Oh. Not Blockbuster. It was some, like, mom and pop place mm-hmm. down on Main Street. You go into the movie store. He lets you pick out one movie for the weekend. Maybe two if you're lucky. Oh, man. Okay. All the feels. And you have to be turned back in by Monday. You only have two days. I cannot tell you how many times I have rented the never-ending story. Probably and the other one was like Care Bears or some, or like, you know, Rainbow Bride or something. <laughs> never-ending story, I promise you, at least every other time came wow. home with me. Wow. I've watched it that many times. Wow. I have like half the script memorized. I know Joe can attest to it because we... Well, me and Lindsay, we will sit here sometimes and just start quoting lines from the never-ending story. (laughs) Anyways, so we, whenever they started the duet, nobody heard or saw that one coming. That Mm. was an out of left field, glorious pull from the writers and the developers of this show. Oh man, all the feels. I almost, I started tearing up. It Did was you just really? the perfect moment of emotional perfection because of the chaos that was going on. You've got like the hunt for Red October, Russian stuff happening over here. And it's like <laughs> the world's about to explode. And you have to put everything on pause yeah. to make the girl happy and sing a duet yeah. that he doesn't want to sing in front of his friends because he he's trying to. to be the cool guy and save the day. And he just busts out this angelic voice, which we already know the actor can sing really well. But the character itself is busting out this angelic voice and the singing and totally 100% geeking out over this duet. And it was the most perfect thing I have seen all year. It was it was amazing. And I will be done after this. <laughs> it's just <laughs> that's all I had to talk about. Oh, was man. Story. I'm so guys, glad. I'm so glad, though, that you got to share the part about Never Ending Story because I was oh. hoping you would be the one to kind of like own up and, and talk about it. So and um, I mean, there's so many other good things. Oh, yeah. That if I'm going to have to squish my time down just a little bit. That is one I wanted to geek out about the most because gotcha. that was that was the moment. That was the moment of the season for me. Well, let's turn over to Mr. Mike Ippolito, if we can, here for a minute, because I want to touch base with him, and uh, I wanted him to be able to just chat with me here. And, and Mike, not only are we huge fans together, my brother from another mother in Atlanta, Georgia, you live where they film this place. And so... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's just, you know, and to see those places, just kind of like, okay, I know where that is. And, uh, just the, so you know, the Starcart Mall is just there's a little ways up north here in the old Gwinnett Place Mall, so that's you know just 
it's my little added thing to that. But um, as far as this is my favorite season so far, I think they, they absolutely killed it. You know, with with this, the way they laid out the whole story. When you have uh, Robin, Steve, and Dustin, you have Joyce and Hopper, you have Eleven and the gang, and then you have Nancy and Jonathan, and then they all it, it flips flips from each each group. And then towards the end of the season, the season where it all comes together and they join in, like in the start of episode seven into eight, and it's just like one big movie. Mm. And it was just just the way they did it, and um, you know the uh, the uh, uh, the soundtrack again, the Dixon and Stein just completely killed it. Epic as far as well as some of the old retro. You know the retro music, you know the old '80s style music, but it, and just it addressed uh, like Lindsay said, addressed some stuff like women in the workplace and mm-hmm. the, the teenage years and stuff like that. It, it was just, it, I just couldn't get enough. What? I, I we, we knocked it out in one day. What was a what was for you, Mike, from your so, perspective? What was the standout moment that just kind of spoke to you from season three? Um, <laughs> it's actually a funny one. It's actually where. Towards the, I guess, where they're all in the car going to um, the the carnival there, mm. and Joyce and Hopper are just constantly yelling at each other, and just <laughs> Murray comes out of the back and just lets loose on both of them. I thought <laughs> it was just, you know, it, I thought it was just, we all just, just hysterical. I just, just it out loud. I thought that was just just brilliant. You know, just, just like pull this car over and just get it over. With. Well, it was actually Lindsay Badger that was telling me that you can call Murray's phone number and you can hear a voicemail. He will give you a voice message if you call the number from the show. Yes. And we need to post that number here. Yes, in the, I heard in the, about that. You need to post I, the number here, and that, that way people, when they get done with the show tonight, they can call it and listen to him talk. It's hilarious. Awesome. Go ahead, Mike. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, my God. But the... No, no, that's fine. And, and just, uh, you know, during the 80s, you know, the Cold War and, and the Russians, mm. you know, hopefully, you know, it just started out with the Russians are are here. You know, what what was the point of, you know, what they were trying to do to get into by opening the gate? Mm-hmm. You know, what was the point of what they would, what the, the overall goal was, you know, to, to get into the gate, you know, was to get to the other side? Was it to release, you know, what was there? You know, it was just, that, that was just kind of, I was hoping, you know, to get a little bit more, out mm-hmm. of that but uh it, it's just uh, you know the nostalgia of it which you know i have a couple ideas i'll leave like towards the end for you know a few easter eggs that i have that i had in mind but uh it was just a story it was, was just amazing they did a great job i'm looking forward to season four um the end you know it's just uh i have like two thoughts on the end yeah it's either gonna be it'll either be hopper in that cell I or thought. dr brennan Either one. I'm going with either one on that, but that I couldn't force it. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping season four, if it is Hopper, I'm hoping the, the route that they go with season four is to the release of Hopper and to get him out of there. Mm. And then lead into season five where they take on the mind flayer for the final time, either on Earth or the upside down, destroy him and then have the show end from there. I'm, I'm wow. hoping for a, a fifth season. They say it's a very good possibility. So, it's but, such uh, a cultural and pop cultural phenom now, yeah, yeah. and a money maker too for Netflix. Oh. And why would you want to get rid of your cash cow? Even though Disney's pulling yeah. out Netflix yeah. and and Stranger Things, man, that's it was yeah. burst on that network, and yeah. it doesn't make sense. The, 
Go ahead. The first, um, I guess the, the, the numbers came out for it. They said over 40 million subscribers watched it on the day that it came out. Yeah. And they said 18 million in like seven days, 18 million have watched it a second and third time already. Yeah. My so. gosh. Um, Joe, I'm going to read this phone number out yes, real ma'am. quick just yes. so that the people watching replays can have a chance to play along if Good they deal. want to. If yes. you guys want to call the Murray Bowen, <laughs> Bowman voicemail message, it is get your get your phone and pen and paper ready. It's pretty funny. Um, it's 618-625-8313. Mm-hmm. It's a very lengthy message, and it's quite it's perfect character-wise. Um, I really enjoyed his character this season. I liked it last season, too, whenever he, he was working with the kids. Um, but uh, he's really a standout for well, this let's, series. Let's just do it. Let's just okay, do, go it. For it. Let's, Can you do it. Listen, listen. All right, so hold on. Oh, it's an old eight. Hi. You have reached the residence of Murray Bauman. <laughs> Mom, if this is you, please hang up and call me between the hours of 5 and 6 p.m. as previously discussed. Okay? <laughs> if this is Joyce, Joyce, thank you for calling. I've been trying to reach you. I, I have an update. It's about, well, it's, uh, it's probably best if we person it's not good or bad but it's something if this is anyone but my mother or joyce well you you think you're real clever getting my number don't you well here's some breaking news for you you're not clever you're not special you are simply one of the many many nimwits to call here the closest you will ever get to me is this pre-recorded message so at the beep do me a favor hang up and never call here again. You are a parasite. Thank you and good day. Sorry, this mailbox is full and cannot and, accept any more recordings. Isn't and that thank cool? Thank you, Murray Bowman, for that glorious nugget of marketing goodness. Wow. For oh my gosh. <laughs> that just goes to show you the depth of Stranger Things. Now, before we move on, Mike, did you have anything else? I didn't want to cut you off short. No, that was pretty much it. If we okay. could just get a, a little justice for Smirnoff, that'd be nice. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. My boy. Smirnoff. All right, so I'm going to go next, and then I'm going to let my boy Austin Burke round it up. Birthday boy is going to get the last say on Stranger <laughs> Things. Before I do that, i got to show you guys something. All right, you see the picture of L right there? Yes. All right. Mm. All right, so my buddy, my brother from another mother, Mr. Mike Ippolito, last year when Alex and I were visiting and we went up to uh, Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge, Mike's like, you guys want to go to the school where they film Stranger Things in Hawking? So I'm like, really? Since we're on the topic of Stranger Things, here you go. This is it. It's coming to you now. You can see it on the Facebook feed. If you're looking at the Facebook feed right now, you will see me in front of the actual school where they film Stranger Things season one, two, and three, and it's 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 not Hawkins School. It's it's a, it's a school in rural Georgia, right right near where Mike lives. But it's really cool. You guys need to check it out. But it's on the Facebook feed right now, and it's really neat. And um, Mike, if I I may send the image over, maybe Mike can throw it up on the camera. But uh, but it's really cool. So there's me and Hawking's at where they film Stranger Things 3. I love visiting film sets. It's just something pretty cool and pretty rad. Alright, so Stranger Things 3. Watching it, I, you know, I've seen just about every 80s B-movie, classic pop, cult cast, pop culture, what you name it. I, I either own it or have seen it multiple times. And 
I, man, there were so many moments in here. It was like with the Russian with the big gun. That's that's T two. That's Terminator. Yeah, that's yeah, Arnold. Yeah. Screaming um, Terminator. And you see you see the mind flayer coming up to uh, the girl in the hospital with the slime dripping. That's aliens with Ripley Sigourney Weaver. I mean, there's so many moments in this series that is just direct callbacks to retro nostalgia. And I think it's really cool that they chose the Russian influence as one of the antagonists for the film because, you know, Russians, there was this weird Russian fixation in the 80s because of the Cold War. You know, we got to dismantle our nuclear arms and it was this whole race. Well, it was the Russians that actually helped us put the man on the moon in Apollo 11. It was the space race. We wanted to get there first on the moon before the Russians did so we would have the edge on the space race. And so there was this always big battle between Russia and the United States. And it was just really cool to see that callback to to the, to that. You think of Rocky IV, you know, you got Dolph Lundgren as... as um, uh, Alvin Draco uh, for for the big fight and it, all these moments is leading up to this massive culmination of just craziness. It's like what are they trying to do? Why are they trying to open up the upside down? What are they? What what's the purpose? What's the point? And Mike hinted on it a little bit, and you know it was uh, so many things. I was trying to wrap my head around it, trying to think of this because I've seen a lot of films. I can see where a lot of ways and avenues that they could take it. And maybe they're trying to open it up to unleash the power that's within it, or maybe they're trying to open it up from from point A to point B so they can do some espionage. I don't know. There's we don't. So many there's a lot of possibilities. But um, overall, man, it just every episode was just beautifully done. And I've I've seen a lot on the internet with the past couple of ep- the first two or three episodes kind of slow until Billy becomes possessed by the mind flare. And I'm like, oh, Billy. I have to disagree with that totally. I think episode yeah. one and episode two perfectly set up where the kids are now, what they're currently doing what they're currently going through. And I think that has to happen to be able to set up the little duet scenes that we get with, you know, Hopper and, 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 uh, Briar, the Briar's wife, uh, what is it? Um, Winona Ryder. And Joyce. Joyce. Thank you. Uh, so trying to figure out and getting all these little, little, even, even the scoops, ahoy, getting those two together. <laughs> yeah. And, you yeah. know, it, it was just amazing to see because it was, it kind of felt like a story of twos. Where it was told yeah. from, from you were from, following all these relationships being developed exactly, yeah. and that is what sucked us in because we are invested in these characters already, and seeing them develop further and the emotional weight and the acting that goes in behind that, it was heavy. It was yeah. really heavy, and I love the fact we got to see L actually go to the mall and be a girl for the first time. And try on clothes and, and, you know, just try to figure out herself and come into her. I mean, that was, I mean, what kid in the 80s did not do that and go to the mall and listen to, you know, go to FYE music and listen to CDs on, on, you know, Sam Goody or whatever. And it's just, I did that as a kid. I literally, there was moments in that, in, in season three, I could literally shut my eyes and be taken back to the Kingsport Mall in Fort Henry, Fort Henry Mall in Kingsport, Tennessee which was a very 80s and retro mall in my era. If you're in Kingsport, Tennessee, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it just felt like that. You know, you had these little shops and all the retro and the neon that would border the entire interior of the mall. We had that. That was a real thing in the 80s. And it's just, Orange Julius, come on. So good. So good. (laughs) And it was just really awesome. Even the retro 80s Coke can. Oh, have you even tried the new Coke? 
And Coke. by the way, if you have a Wawa or a 7-Eleven near you, up until the end of this month, they have the Retro Coke cans available, two for $3. You can buy yourself a Retro Coke and have it. And it, from what I'm understanding, it's the original recipe. So there you Ooh. go. Um, but um, just so many things for me. For someone who loves and appreciate, appreciates retro nostalgia and pop culture like I do, my whole thing with what I do in graphic design as an artist, as a creative, is fueled and inspired by everything 80s retro nostalgia. Whether it's in my graphic design, Austin, you just launched a brand new logo retro marketing design for your whole, yes, what you do. Yes, and, you know, I feel, feel very blessed to have a small part in that. But that's just an example of how my little retro touch is on everything. And just seeing something like this paying so much wonderful homage to my childhood and the things I grew up with, not only in cinematically, but just the aesthetics of the mall and how it looked. And it was beautiful. It yeah. was beautiful. I have nothing more to say, but it was just fantastic. And I'll give you my hypothesis on the ending because there's so much, I could spend so much time on character development and, and the mind flayer itself. And, but I will say this much. I think that at the end when they were talking about the American that's in the cell, I think that is Hopper. And here's my hypothesis. It may be totally wrong. It may be totally off kilter. I don't care. It's my hypothesis. But I think there was a moment when when he was looking up at Joyce at the end of the show, and he's like, go ahead, turn the keys. And he couldn't pass because of the, the beam of the laser was knocked off, and he couldn't go through or he'd be vaporized. I think he went into the upside down. I think he was either sucked into it or he walked into it before it closed and he was safe. And that's how three months later he ends up in Russia. I think yes. there's a portal from Hawkins to Russia. Because wow. why at the end of that would they have Russia, a base in Russia? It doesn't make sense. And then we get to see the Demogorgon again in Russia. Why is a Demogorgon in Russia if there's not the exit of the upside down? There's an entrance yeah. in Hawkins, and then there's the exit in Russia. And I think that's what they're trying to do is it's a portal between two worlds. And I think I, I agree with you, Joe, um, whenever I was watching it. And at the end, I was just like, Hopper's such a big character. Oh, he's huge for Why the show. in the world would they not show him dying? Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. If actually died they showed the Why soldiers show two peon scientists being vaporized because we saw that in the beginning correct when they showed the demonstration of how it worked so why would they show that again yeah if hopper died he didn't die i'm pretty sure he didn't i'm going to turn now to let austin kind of wrap us up on stranger things and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about ratings and reviews and nostalgia but i want austin to have plenty of time to talk go ahead buddy well, it's the, uh, for me, the, the Hopper death, I guess I'll start there. You, it's kind of the Infinity War rule, right? It's, <laughs> you know, is the, the weight of what happened here going to be ruined when they bring all of these characters back in the next one? I say no. I said no for that movie. I'm going to say no here because I think the death scene, it was done so well. And the note, and I think leave the door three inches, you know, that entire spiel at the end, I think, gets you. If you're locked into the show, if you like the characters... It's going to get you, and it absolutely got me mm. sitting there getting all teary-eyed. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. I know he's coming back, but oh, my God. Yeah. And then you see the uh, the after credit scene, and it just kind of confirms to me. But it's the whole, you know, if I don't see a body, the character's not dead. They made an effort in season two to show the only character that died, Bob. I mm. mean, it was the most dramatic, blood-filled 
gory death scene I've ever seen. Yeah. And Lexi, who is another character, stand out for me this season. Smirnoff, I mean, what a great character that was. You felt for this character. He was only integral to like three or four episodes. Great, absolutely. So I think they're going to show a major character dying, especially Hopper, who is my favorite. He and Steve are my two favorite characters in the yeah. show. But this overall season, for me, man, I, you know, I can't attest to. I know it's retro and it's harkening back to all the things in the 80s. I didn't grow up in the 80s, so, you know, I don't have nostalgia for that. But isn't it weird that this 2016 show, every time we get a new season, it feels like it's something that we grew up with. Mm. All of us. And I think mm. you all feel the same way. This isn't a show that we grew up with. It's only three years old at this point. But it feels like that because yeah. it creates these characters and it writes them in such a way that you get attached to them and you feel like you're there once again. I didn't grow up in the 80s, but I feel like I grew up in the 80s from the writing and the plot and the story of this show. It just sucks you in. And I don't think I've ever seen a show that has captured a time period so well. And I've seen the complaint online. Some people are saying, well, you know, it's just kind of slapping your face with all this retro stuff. And I'm like, no, no, no. It knows its fan base. It's going to give everything that the fans want to see, but it's integral to the story, and that's why I think this show works so well. And I'm going to go off of what Mike said. Mike, you talked about the pairings of all of the characters this season. I thought the pairings were brilliant. I think the one that got left in the dust a little bit this season was Will. Um, Will didn't get a lot to do. I think he carried last season on his back, robbed of an Emmy nomination, in my opinion. But this season didn't get a lot to do. But the characters who did get a lot to do were awesome. I liked Billy better this season. I uh, did too. His storyline was was incredible. It kind of yeah. felt like us. It, oh yeah, absolutely. It felt like you us. Know what? I was gonna. I was talking about this the other day. The use of the carnival in movies and shows this year. Toy Story Four. Uh, yeah. mm. This movie. Um, there was one more. Oh, uh, it. It. Was, and it, yes, it. That's it. the thing that I was. I just saw the, in the trailer. The use of carnivals this year have all been very good, and the the reflective mirrors and in anything in that vein. So yeah, I find that very interesting that they keep using those in 2019. Uh, but the, the writing for the characters this season was awesome. I think Stephen Robin. Okay, here's what gets me about this season. Max got her own episode in season two. She was put at the forefront. Great character. Really good in this season as well. Robin kind of came out of nowhere, so when she first popped up, I'm like, okay, there's no introduction to this character. She's not going to play a major role. But by the time we get into Episode 7, I was obsessed with Robin. Uh, she, she was a great character. And that yeah. swerve, you know, it caught me off guard, but the way that Steve handled it, instead of getting aggressive and mm-hmm. angry, he accepted it, and he started joking with her. Mm-hmm. You know, he just said, "We're and there's a friendship and a bond there with Dustin and Erica, who was hilarious this season. Didn't expect her to play a major role, and she did. It's the pairings, it's the groups uh, this season that really took us through this show and, and and provided a lot of excitement, really. I think this is the most exciting season. I think this is the most grand season. I think the mm-hmm. season guy, like Joe said, mixed with the practical effects. Yes. Oh, my God. The, I think it's the <laughs> best. Until Dark Crystal comes out, oh. mm. I think we'll, it will be the best effects we will see in a Netflix show. Ever. It's just so good. And and then they get into, you know, the big finale and they're throwing the fireworks. And, and Joe, you talked about the retro aspect. I just want to talk about the color correction of the show. This, this is the best use of colors 
And I know it's so random, but it's the best use of colors I have seen in a television show uh, probably in the decade. Mm. The shows that I love are Game of Thrones. It's kind of bleak. Great cinematography, but bleak. Breaking Bad. Yeah. One of my favorite shows. My favorite show of all time, but it's bleak. This show is colorful. It's retro. It carries the 80s vibe on its shoulders, and it provides pretty much everything you want for its characters. So I know we've went long. I'm going to keep mine a bit shorter no. than I used to do, but... I thoroughly love this season just as much as season one. I, I still think I slightly prefer season one, but season two had the one misstep for me in episode seven when Eleven goes off. Yeah, this season, yeah, I agree with that. No missteps. The only misstep, minor nitpick that I can find is I think Will got a bit shortchanged. I think Karen Wheeler's storyline where she was going to do the thing with Billy that didn't give me any kind of payoff. It just kind of cut off and they never hit back on it. I'm like, okay. And then I'm kind of with Mike on a few questions about the Russians, but I think we'll get a lot of answers in mm. season four. Yes. So I'm excited for that. So those are my thoughts. I love this. Season. Awesome. Nice. Well, before we wrap up here, uh, I want to make sure that we give our official score rating as well on a one to 10 and yeah. we can use, we can use decimals as well. Um, so we're going to go with Lindsay, uh, Lindsay one to 10. What is the official stranger things pop X review? Um, well, the cherry on top of the season that I didn't even really expect to see was the great Dread Pirate Roberts returns from Princess Bride as the creepy mare. Yes, yes, this is yes. true. That was the sprinkle on top of the geeky nostalgia cupcake for me. So I'm going to have to give this season an 8.8. Nice. That's really good. Mike, what about you, my friend? What do you give Stranger Things? Three. Um... I'm going to go quite a bit higher on this because I, you know, I love it. And Austin said he didn't grow up in the 80s and you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> you so, don't know uh, nothing. 80s you was a good nothing. time to be alive. <laughs> yes, it was. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go real pretty high. I'm going to go with a 9.7 nice. uh, because I just I just loved everything about this. And uh, the only thing that kind of put it down for me was that whole Karen and Billy thing, which kind of lasted like a season and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, with their whole kind of interaction thing, that did nothing. They could have done away with that, and you know, yeah. added so, added somewhere else, added more to something, another story, part of the story. But uh, just just the nostalgia in it. I mean, it, it started from right at the beginning, where um, I guess Nancy and Jonathan together, the alarm goes off, and she she jumps up and runs out. He gets up, puts his pants on, he falls over. That's right out of Back <laughs> to the Future. Back to the yeah. Future, right there. Yeah, yeah. You know. and I don't yeah. know if you noticed but, this or not, Mike, but the with, camcorder um, that Billy in the parking lot. Yeah, the camcorder that Dustin is holding is the actual same red RCA yeah. camcorder from Back to the Future. Not the same what? one, but the same make and model. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, I probably missed that one. And even yeah. with Billy's in the in the parking lot of the mall, he's racing towards them. <laughs> yes, right there. Another, you know, another, I mean, yeah. it was just full of Back to the Future. Yeah, and, and there was one that I caught the last minute. Um, I I love the soundtrack to this, and mm. I buy them on vinyl. Um, my new the new season should be coming out here soon. Um, but uh, Kyle Dixon and um, uh, Mike Stein they they do a phenomenal job, and they are actually featured in the final episode where uh, Robin is in the, the video store where they're applying for the job. And as Steve oh. walks away and she's explaining his situation, right in the background, there's two guys looking at um, the bargain bin, and that's uh, Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein. Wow. Whoa. To do the, the soundtrack. So that that kind of, you know, huh. 
I caught that at the end. But uh, other than that, like I said, I give, I give us a high rating. I'm, I'm looking forward to what they bring next and, um, you know, where the story goes. Well, for me, I think it was definitely, did anybody pick up on the Gremlins reference? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Gremlins re- And, uh, of course, the, well, you already mentioned. Which one, which one are you talking about? Which one are you talking about? There were three in, wait, what now? I'm talking about the hammer. Oh, no. The no, no, hammer, which is called the slammer, was actually okay. one. You, you go, let's go back to the gremlins. The, the, I can't remember the, the lead's name, but his father was an inventor, right? And he invented all these crazy gadgets. One of them was called the hammer, and it was called the slammer as well. And it was an automatic hammer. And it would go bing, bing, bing. Oh, okay. So Dustin's invention was homage to Dude, gremlins. So that was interesting. That's All right, so from that is a very deep cut. Um, but there's a th- those those are just some. They're riddled throughout the entire season. There's you, a very long laundry list of references. We can't even begin. We would need at least another show just for Easter eggs in season three. So my official review um, with the whole thing that you guys were talking about with with just the banter between the characters and stuff and could have done without the whole Billy and Karen thing and all of that. Honestly, I didn't really pick up on that. That didn't really bother me as much. So I'm going to go 9.8. Nice. I want to do a 9.8. And that, for me, um, that's really – that. I know it's overshooting it, but honestly, I felt so many good vibes from this season. It, it's a season that I can always go back, not just for the storyline, but just for the nostalgia and just the finesse that the Duffer Brothers have created with this is just beautiful. It is amazing. And I, I love going back. I can, I can remember going through the mall with my mom and dad and seeing that exact same, you know, wooden facade for a store. It was awesome. It was just great. And I was like, it was memory lane for me, all the feels. Yeah. So, Austin? Uh, yeah, I'm... The uh, Gremlins reference I was talking about, by the way, they they said a feed them after dark. It was just a really yeah. quick thing. And I was yeah. like, oh, but yours was a deep cut. I like that. Yeah. Um, I'm going nine, solid nine out of ten. I mean, this one of the best seasons of television I've watched all year. If, if Netflix were to, and I know they've been canceling their shows, the shows that we know and love, such as you know American Vandal and Daredevil and all of these things, if they were to even come close to canceling this, their entire streaming service would shut down <laughs> because it's so popular and so incredible. I, I love this show. I, I think it's one of the best things anyone's ever done. And uh, did you guys see the tweet between the Russo brothers and the Duffer brothers? No, no. I did not. They tweeted at each other and said, be prepared because we will work on something together in the future. Oh, that's cool. Um, wow. Really quick, before we do any sign-off stuff, I wanted to talk about Erica because she okay. played a really big role in this season that she hasn't played at all in the previous seasons, and they've actually discovered that she herself is a nerd. So <laughs> I wanted to give a shout-out to Erica. Yes, she and she a was a newcomber, and I think she the crew. Yeah, she actually figured mission. it out. She deciphered the code, and she helped them. And I thought that was really awesome. I, I think she was a great addition to season three. Yeah, awesome. And she serves up some mean ice cream too along the way. So well, that's Robin. Yeah, Robin. But yeah. But I was talking two. about Erica, the, the little black girl. No, you weren't. Oh yeah, she was. Yeah. They, they all, they all nice. So Erica, Erica of did you did you think did you think <laughs> that Eric- one more thing real real quick the you you mentioned Erica I think the improving on characters that maybe we didn't love in season two for me I think Murray was a bit weaker I think Billy was a bit weaker and Erica wasn't really used in season two in this season they improved pretty much every single side character 
and the main players we already know and love. So I, mm -hmm. I think the writing is getting stronger. And the Duffer Brothers, when they when this show is over, I think they should start tackling projects from the 80s that did not get enough attention. You guys mentioned the mm -hmm. last Starfighter sequel or whatever a while ago. Imagine mm -hmm. if they attached themselves to that. That would be and They start working on 80s properties. Imagine they if they redid but... Neverending Story. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm just going to say that. Dude, that is awesome. Please. <laughs> anyway, oh, um, so I'm kind of happy that they didn't focus 100% on Circle Around Will again because that was getting kind of tiresome for me. And, yeah. and um, I think they, they really focused more as being a group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, that that I kind of liked as kind of a breath of fresh air of kind of mm -hmm. reading it. So. Nice. All right, guys. Wow. What a crazy jam-packed episode this was i mean stranger things seriously we can literally sit here for another hour and a half and totally banter about all the feels of this season and how much we love it team popbacks we can't speak enough about it it's, it's just amazing it is cinematic glory it's epic retro nostalgia through and through and it's done beautifully and to perfection. And that only comes through with the Duffer Brothers. And so I'm very happy with that. And, and you know what? I'm excited for season four. And uh, I want to give a huge shout out to all of our friends over on Facebook and here and get vocal and everybody else is seeing us. Sean Hockney, good to see you again, my friend. And as well as Luke and Big Bad Brad and just all the amazing guys hanging out with us uh, tonight. There's tons of people. We had Josh in here earlier as well. But we did an hour and a half episode tonight, guys. Just going to say wow. that. Just going to say that. I feel like we barely scraped the surface. We did. Stranger Things. We did. And it though. was a Stranger Things show. <laughs> well, we we spent we spent thirty five minutes talking. I a know. Lot. There's just so much there you can unpack. But yeah. Yeah. another time, friends. It was amazing. Go see it. If you're not a Netflix subscriber, do yourself a favor. Just go catch up and binge it. It's binge worthy. And uh, Pop X won't steer you in the wrong direction. I promise. Okay. So we're going to wrap it up, Austin. You've got the limelight. You guys can follow me on YouTube at Austin Burke. I did four Stranger Things-centric videos, so you can go look for those. And mm -hmm. at the Burkinator on the Twits and the Instagrams, uh, we are part of an amazing network called the Gonna Geek Network. For all things even more geeky, head over to gonnageek.com and check out some amazing podcasts on our home network. Connect with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and Pinterest, all at PopXCast. Send comments and suggestions via email at popxcast at gmail.com. And for future and past shows, visit our official website at www.popxcast.com. Mm -hmm. Yep. Austin did some really great Comic-Con stuff, too. Yes. And the reaction to Cats was fantastic, too. And I recommend just to go see that. Yes. Don't watch the Cats. And, and, and definitely go to 5208 on his reaction video for MCU Phase 4 announcements because it was pretty mind-bending when he got it, to it the was, it's part. Worth, it's worth the view. I'm oh. just going to say head over there and just, just I believe, watch it. I believe he had an off. outer okay. body experience. Well, I am Lindsay Badger, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't remembered in the last hour and a half, that's me. Um, and you will find me at LR Badger all over the social places, the internet webs crevices all the things that connect to the internet that's how you find it the cracks and crevices of the, the cracks web and crevices of the all right so i want to say a huge thank you again uh to uh everybody that just really brought this show together this week it's been really fun i am joseph burke at joseph burke arts that's j-o-s-e-b-p-h-b-u-r-k-e-a-r-t-s all over the web of course hats off to my amazing always amazing team pop x 
could not do it without Austin, Lindsay, and Mike. You guys are fantastic. Uh, I love you guys so much. And I want to give a huge shout-out right now to Mr. Stephen Haywood and all of the folks over at Wirecast and Telestream for creating and have, letting us have some software that makes PopXCast flow a little bit better. So hats off to our amazing friends at Telestream and to especially to Stephen Haywood. Love you, bro. And all right, so coming up next in a, in a few weeks, we're going to be having episode... 100 all right wow. so uh this is going to be amazing look at this logo right look at that oh my gosh oh. 100 gorgeous i reckon we're gonna have that 100 right in there you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's gonna be beautiful but uh so stick around for that we're gonna be giving some announcements we'll be giving a date for when we're actually going to be recording that we got a few things along the way austin and i did some spent uh, had some time to sit down and actually do a really cool segment together, so we're going to yes. feature that in the episode as well. But, uh, you know, next time we see you, we'll be in the triple digits. So that's uh, it. All of us here at Pop X, thanks wow. for listening, thanks for downloading, and we'll see you next time right here on Pop X Cast. From everyone at PopX Cast, thanks for listening. Please make sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash popxcast, and click the follow button to get our live stream notifications. Drop us an email, popxcast at gmail.com. Be sure to check out this and more great content on the Ghana Geek Network at ghanageek.com. Get your geek on! <laughs>